Welcome to Diverse, the podcast of the Society of Women Engineers. SWE is a catalyst for change in the engineering industry, and one of the biggest ways we inspire that change is through our annual SWE Conference for Women Engineers and Technologists. This year's conference, WE21 in Indianapolis, Indiana, will help attendees at all ages and stages learn, connect, and grow. Join us for three days of networking and relationship building, over 250 professional development sessions, three inspirational keynotes, and a career fair featuring more than 300 exhibitors. Let's aspire to inspire at WE21, October 21st through the 23rd. Head to we21.swe.org for more info and to register. Hi, I'm Rachel Morford, President of the Society of Women Engineers. Welcome to SWE's Diverse Podcast Series. Please remember to add this podcast to your iTunes and like or follow us on social media. Visit SWE.org for more details. Today, I'm joined by Joan Michelson. Joan is the host of the acclaimed podcast series, Green Connections Radio, which was chosen as one of the top six podcasts by USA Today. On Green Connections, she has engaging, insightful discussions with top women leaders and innovators in the climate, sustainability, and energy space. She also writes for Forbes on these issues and is an award-winning business and communications leader, public speaker, and coach. Thanks so much for joining us today, Joan. Oh, thank you, Rachel. It's a privilege to be with you. And thank you for the work that SWE does. I mean, you guys are magic. Thanks for that. We all believe very strongly in our mission, so it's always good to connect with people who also believe in it. I'm going to jump right in. I have quite a few questions for you today, if that's all right. Go for it. So Green Connections Radio is a very popular and award-winning podcast. I understand that you're renaming it. Can you tell us what the new name is and why you decided to go in that direction? Yeah. So first of all, we are officially announcing the launch today with the airing of your podcast on SWE because we felt so privileged to be on your show. And I decided that we needed a rebrand and I wanted the name to more fully reflect, more accurately reflect what we're actually doing. And because it's evolved over time, I've been doing it a few years. So the new name is, drumroll please, Electric Ladies. And I chose Electric Ladies because we believe women leaders and innovators are dynamic and supercharged results in every industry. We believe innovation and creativity electrify organizations and drive growth. We focus obviously on all types of energy and electricity, as well as eco-conscious solutions. And we believe those supercharged results also. And we also believe, frankly, that our content and coaching advice can supercharge your career career and kind of electrify your career, if you will. And so we call it Electric Ladies and the tagline is Innovation, Energy, Climate and Careers. I love that. Studied electrical engineering in school. So anything referencing electrical has a special place in my heart. So that that I really love the concept of supercharging results in both your workplace and in your career. That's just fantastic. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. In both your writing and on your podcast, you focus on very STEM-oriented topics. We just talked about the renaming. I think that is something that aligns very well with this question. What made you interested in STEM? 
Well, I had been working with, I spent most of my career in management consulting. I worked with Deloitte American Express, for example, and I was a road warrior. And I did work with a lot of IT people, et cetera. But I was going back and forth between corporate communications and in Fortune 100 companies and journalism. And then kind of from Mars, to be honest with you, I was recruited by Chrysler to head up their communications and co-head the sales and marketing of their electric car division. And I fell in love with STEM. I fell in love with energy and sustainability issues. I fell in love with that whole community because to me, it was super smart people coming up with amazing solutions that make the world a better place and more fun. And they're making money, they're advancing their careers. I just thought it was the cat's meow. I love being with smart people who are innovators. I've always been dealing with innovation and I frankly come from a line of innovators in my family tree. And so I decided that I was going to, I've always been advancing women and trying to give more of a microphone, if you will, literally and figuratively to women. And I found at Chrysler that in my experience with Chrysler and working with the nonprofits that I was affiliating with and all the other suppliers, et cetera, that I was annoyed that A, there weren't enough women in the space, including engineers, and B, that the women that were there, including engineers and dealers and others, were not getting the microphone enough. So I made a concerted effort to increase the number of opportunities that I had to raise the visibility of women in the space and and get more show that more women in STEM were there than most people think and show other generations that they can seize this opportunity to have a fulfilling career and that there are people like them there. And then when I was launched Green Connections originally, because I'm, I do a fair amount of public speaking, as you said in the introduction, and I was at a conference and someone came up to me and said, we'd like you to do a radio show on our network. And so I decided that following that same thread, that I would focus on featuring women in my coverage. I really love that so much, Joan, and thank you for shining the spotlight on all of the amazing women who work in engineering and who work in positions of leadership. I think that's just a fantastic mission, obviously very well aligned with the Society of Women Engineers. <laughs> to say the least, I mean, I have a lot, I've had a lot of engineers on my show in varying degrees. I mean, it's interesting. Some of them studied engineering in college and some of them evolved into doing engineering. Some of them have been managing engineers like the immediate past secretary of the Air Force is a businesswoman, but she's been managing engineers her whole career, both at SAIC and of course at the Air Force. So I've had a lot of women engineers on my show. And I think you've already answered this a little bit in your last description, but how did you decide to focus specifically on energy, climate, and sustainability? By the way, I've also had Roberta Rincon of SWE on my show. So shouts out to shout out to Roberta. I decided to focus on energy, sustainability, and climate in my radio show podcast because really all my work right now is focused on that space. It's focused on this intersection of 
climate, energy, sustainability, women, and innovation, because we need to fix the planet. We There's huge opportunities for career opportunities, for money-making opportunities, to do innovative work that's really fulfilling and satisfying and rewarding and interesting. And we need it. We need to be showing, shining a light more on this space because we're in a rush. We have no time. And I started this show five years ago and, and the problem was being less addressed then than it is now. And it's really interesting because now you have the rise in importance of what's called ESG as a focus. And it's particularly around ESG investing, but it's also ESG as a position for companies. I mean, companies now have to disclose their carbon footprint. They have to disclose their diversity metrics. They have to prove it, even in government contracting or in other, in many proposals, RFPs, they require you to disclose it. You have the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. You now have the SEC recently named its very first in history head of ESG at the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission. They have rules, they're opened it up to public comments to establish a rule for how to report on ESG related issues. So it's a huge issue. And frankly, Rachel, it's really cool. I mean, electric cars, finding solar solutions. I interviewed a woman that's going to be in my new season who is chief sustainability officer of a tire company. And they figured out a way to make tires both from sustainable materials and also to be smart tires so that your cars will tell you when there's a problem before you have a blowout. I mean, this stuff is amazing. That's certainly very useful for anyone driving on a long road trip. Yeah. Um, having had that experience myself, um, I can certainly appreciate that. Well, innovation. yeah. And then there's women who are reducing the carbon footprint of TV and movie productions. I mean, there's all these incredible women who are doing amazing work. And I wanted to make sure that the work they're doing was known because we need those solutions. We need to make the world a better place. I think a lot of those of us who have gone into engineering really resonate with wanting to make the world a better place and solving those hardest problems that we're all encountering in our day-to-day -day lives, both micro level and at the macro level. So I think that'll resonate a lot with our listeners, Joan. You've written a lot on how women are natural innovators. What does that mean to you? And specifically, how does that help women in STEM? Oh, I love this question, Rachel, because I believe women are natural innovators because we've had to be. Women have historically not had access to resources, not had the title, not had budget control, not had a big staff. And as a result, I mean, we all know anybody who's listening to this knows the trials and tribulations of being a professional female over the last several decades, including up to now. And so we've had to find another way to get things done. And innovation is about finding another way. So we have naturally developed the muscle if you will, to figure out how to use influence management in an organization, how to find resources in other places, how to build alliances. I mean, one of the ways that I grew best year ever results at Chrysler, for example, was I built unusual partnerships with nonprofits, I mean, huge ones like AERP, and with real estate developers and with universities, et cetera, and, and obviously with the government, especially around the Recovery Act and the government funding for energy and climate 
climate-related investments. So women are naturally conditioned. I mean, we are we're conditioned to in so many ways, but one of the ways we end up being conditioned, kind of without realizing it, is to find creative solutions to things because we don't we haven't historically had access to the to the resources that would just you know in a command and control situation say you know you do this and you do that. Well, we haven't we haven't had these control of those assets. You know, it's really interesting. There was a PwC study, and I wrote about this in Forbes. There was a PwC study recently that CEOs said that innovation was one of their top three priorities. But they also said that 77% of them said that they struggle to drive innovation. And the reason for that is they're not hiring innovators and they need to. So my my I would pose it that they need to hire more women because women are natural innovators and they will drive more innovation as well as diversity, bring new ideas to the table. We know that more people who are different of all kinds at the table unearth new ideas and stimulate new ideas. I mean, be a catalyst, you know, bring new ideas. Say, well, what if we flipped it over and turned it purple? You know, what if we did it this way? What if we did it that way? And so I think that women, especially women in STEM, are natural innovators. I mean, engineers, technologists, physicists, scientists of any sort, naturally probing for new ways of doing things, naturally probing for new ideas, naturally probing for ways to take it apart and put it together differently. So I call it, call them outliers. I did a piece in Forbes called Hire the Outliers to address this issue that Fortune 50 really companies are having to drive innovation and and stop hiring the same old, same old and hire more innovative women. I, that is such a great message and I love it. I think one of the recent awards that SWE has introduced is the patent award. And last year was the first year that we awarded it. And it was incredible to see, it was incredible to me to see the list of patents that have been awarded to our SWE members. It was just page after page after page of amazing innovations that our members have come up with. So I think that fits very well. I just want to tag onto that for a minute. I interviewed this woman. First of all, women have not received as many patents as men. Let's just put that out there, not to mention prizes and all the other stuff, right? But, and there was a study that more women received awards in partnership with men than on their own, which is really annoying, but don't get me started on that one. But I interviewed this woman from IBM, Lisa, I'll look up her last name in a minute, who has the most patents of anyone at IBM. She has, well, when I interviewed her, she probably has more by now. When I interviewed her, she had 750 patents. And by the way, she's like 35 years old and has four small children. Lisa, have you managed to like find a 36 hour day or something? (laughs) Like, how does this work? So I hope she's a member of SWE. I hope so as well. I hope we were able to recognize her both last year and this year. You know, that would be a really good idea. Yeah, that would be a really good idea. I can connect you guys with her well, just in case. I'll be happy to do that. Please do. My next question is, and I think you've alluded to this already in some of your answers to my previous questions, but why do you think women make such strong leaders in green industries and energy? Because, well, there's a lot of reasons. One is women are natural innovators, as I just explained, and we need innovative thinking. And innovative thinking will speed up the results, and we really need to speed up the results desperately. 
I also think that women make strong leaders in, in green industries and energy because women naturally care about these things. I mean, there's, you know, I've always wondered why, why Mother Earth is called Mother Earth. But there is, it kind of goes, I think, with the maternal instinct, whether you have children or not. I think it's a caring. I did a piece for the Huffington Post a while back for Earth Day or Valentine's Day. I can't remember. Maybe it was Valentine's Day. And I said, if we, I had a picture of my mom. And I said, if we loved the earth and care, then we, as much as we love other people in our world, then we would take better care of it. So we need to fall in love with the earth. And I think that that it's kind of that sentiment is that women, women show that and all the research shows that women care more about environmental issues than men do at large, at least in the polling. And women, frankly, vote on it more as well in various types of elections. They they want to do that kind of work, on, whether it's on the side or as part of their job. I interviewed a woman from L'Oreal who is a technologist at L'Oreal, but on the side, she launched a company right when COVID started. She launched a small nonprofit, I should say, to manufacture masks from recycled fabric face mask or protection from COVID from recycled fabric. So, I mean, this is just a natural instinct for so many women. And so, but I think it really goes to being multidimensional thinkers, to being innovators and to naturally caring about these things more often than, than I think men do. Men tend to focus more on status and power. Although I'd probably make a lot of men who are listening to this mad at me for saying that, but that's what the statistics show. As you were describing that, Joan, it reminded me a lot of my grandmother, actually, and how much she reused things throughout her life. She was primarily a homemaker, but just thinking about how many jars she reused in her day-to-day life as a homemaker and, and really relating it to green energy, you know, sorry, relating it to green, the green industry and innovative solutions for things. That was what came to my mind. And I think that that. Oh, absolutely. And it is green energy, by the way. It's, it's really all of the above. It's finding a sustainable solution to just about any kind of challenge. That's why I love the people that I interview on my show, because almost every one of them was like, wow, how did you think of that? (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah. In your research on women achievers, you've uncovered four things that women look for. Yeah, this was a really fun study to do. So in fairness, it was not random. It was done through my network, but then out from my network to other people. So it wasn't just typically random like you would here in a normal poll, but that said. So the four aspects that women look for, especially in their careers, because it was focused on women achievers and women leaders. One was status, which women equate with recognition. I mean, yes, it's title, but it's really and an compensation, but it's really about recognition. And then power, power is really about authority and being able to make a difference, being able to have rather than just resources tangentially have direct control of resources. Curiosity, which I think is very cool. You can't see it now because we're on audio, but I have a line of bookcases behind me. I'm a major book freak and any engineers are inherently, I think, curious. I mean, that's probably part of what makes you an engineer, I would imagine. 
imagine, since I'm not an engineer myself. And the fourth, interestingly enough, Rachel, is idealism. And this goes to what I was just saying about why women make natural innovators and why women make strong leaders in green industries and energy is that women are idealistic. I mean, we want to solve problems that make things better. You know, just like women who are mothers want to take care of their kids, they want to, I mean, look at who's who's doing a lot of these nonprofits. Look at who's doing all kinds of caretaking type, make the world a better place work. That doesn't mean that men aren't. There are a lot of amazing men doing these things too. But these are the four things. And, and actually the research firm that I partnered with on this study was very surprised. They'd never seen this set before. I think those are really, I certainly resonated with every single one of those as you were saying them, Joan. So I imagine a lot of our listeners are resonating with them as well. And your comment about the bookcase, I was just unpacking more books from my recent move and we've run out of bookcases in my house. My husband and I are both engineers, so certainly can appreciate Mm -hmm. the curiosity aspect. You've been a lifelong advocate for women in leadership. Thank you for that. What sort of changes have you witnessed? Oh, wow. Well, advancement, right? I've seen it's gotten better. It's still pretty lousy. I mean, you have stupid statistics like women-led companies only get 2.3% of venture capital funding and stupid things like that that we still have to address. But women have advanced. Women are taken more seriously. Women have taken themselves more seriously. Obviously, we have Vice President of the United States who's a female. We have a lot of women in leadership that are female now, but we still we still have a long way to go, to be honest. I've seen women get interested in STEM at a younger age. In fact, I've interviewed a few young ladies from high school who have won contests. One, three young ladies won a NASA STEM contest, which was very cool. They developed an interesting water filtration system. I interviewed a young lady from Arizona who is the chief science officer of her school, and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, And so you have more young women and women in general being interested in this field and going into STEM-related fields. I think the biggest issues going forward, though, are, first of all, broadening the definition of being in a STEM career. So I am not an engineer, technologist, or physicist, for example, but I consider myself in the STEM world because I live, work, and play in the energy sustainability space. And so I perceive myself... I self-define, if you will, self-identify as being a STEM person. And so I think we need to broaden the definition of being in a STEM career. But I also think that women need still need to not take no for an answer and not be dissuaded from getting their PhD if they want to, or from getting going for a, a, a promotion or a new job if they want to. So I think women have gotten a lot stronger. And I also think, frankly, one of the biggest changes I've seen over time is the increase in resources and support groups for women in general, especially for women in STEM, where if you have a challenge that you're facing, chances are you can find a group or some advisor to ask about it if you if you look. And, you know, 40 years ago, 50, you know, I, I wasn't here, but you would, I would imagine it was pretty hard, right? And even 20 years ago, it was much harder. And so it's hard. It's easier to find what you need now. But I think mostly it's it's what I've seen, the changes that I've seen are good that women have advanced, but we still have a long way to go. 
It's good to hear that things have improved. I'm especially heartened to hear about the increase in what I would call community in the space. As you were talking, that was the word that came to mind. And obviously, as, as you were talking about the high school students, SWE has a great SWE Next program, and we have some amazing high school and junior high and grade school members who are doing some incredible things in that Oh, that's great. By the way, I interviewed a woman who runs the Intel Foundation about a program they have for young ladies in STEM who have shown an interest in STEM too. And I think they're focused on ages 10 to 12 or something like that. That's certainly the time to get get folks interested and keep them interested as they continue throughout high school in the United States, at least. My last question, probably the most challenging, you've had the opportunity to speak with many, many women who are out there making a difference in the world. What are some of the biggest life lessons? Well, we're going to need a three hour discussion to cover those. But and I've written a lot about a lot of them in Forbes and I talk about them in every interview. But I think if I had to pick a few of the the most important. I would say seize the opportunity, seize the moment. I'll give you a kind of interesting example. It's not necessarily related to STEM, but it's seizing a moment. I was, I live in the Washington DC area and I was coming back from dinner a couple of weeks ago and I happened to run into the deputy press secretary on the sidewalk. And I've been wanting to interview Vice President Harris for about two years before she was even vice president. And so I greeted Kareen, she was lovely. And I, the next day, I called and tried to chat with her. She was out. It happened to be her birthday, I found out. But I emailed her and explained who I was and a little bit about my family history, which ties in in ways that Vice President Harris, I think, would resonate with. And I told her that I'd like to interview Vice President Harris. And within an hour, she replied to me, Kareen did, and connected me to two people who could make it happen. So you have to seize opportunities like that. I mean, and going to Chrysler. I mean, if somebody had said to me, and by the way, they moved me to, brace yourself, Fargo, North Dakota. I'm a New York City born and bred girl. So if somebody had said to me, you know, 20 years ago, you'll be working in Fargo, North Dakota, I would have looked at them like they had four heads, right? But I seized the opportunity. I said, you know what? This could be really interesting. The worst that happens is, you know, I hate it and I leave. And it turned out to change my life for the better, be amazing people, introduce me to this whole new world. Yes, it was really too cold for me. And (laughs) I did come back East eventually, but it was... One of, you know, probably the best career move I've ever made. And so you have to seize the moment and seize the opportunity. And I think along with those, at that point and those stories, is to be willing to be an outlier yourself. Find a different solution. Don't just worry about what other people think and, oh, well, they're not going to this and, oh, they're not going to that. I know so many women who, who, what I call self-cancel, and I work with clients on this in my coaching practice, is that they're like, oh, well, I can't do this because they'll do X or I can't do this because they'll do Y. It's like, wait a minute. You don't know that they're going to do that, A. And B, make your case, you know, present this new solution. And you don't know, maybe they'll say, oh yeah, well, let's try that. Or what do you think about this? Or somebody will tweak it and find another way and and find you'll find a solution together. So be willing to think differently. Be willing to be an outlier yourself. And I think the other is, to be honest with you, perfect your ability to communicate. And I think a lot of engineers in particular get tied up in knots over this stuff. And there's probably some people listening right now who just winced when I said that. But you have to learn to speak up for yourself and, and even disagree politely. You have to be willing 
willing to seize the microphone and take the stage and speak at events and write, even if it's in LinkedIn or Medium or for your organization's blogs or website. I'm not saying everybody has to be a journalist, but learn to communicate well, learn to write well, learn to articulate and be willing to take the stage and speak at events. It's really, really critical for your career. And frankly, it boosts your confidence as well. And then you can get your point across. You get better results because people understand what you're saying and they come on board with you. They're like, oh, well, that makes sense. Even if they don't agree with you, they'll at least say they make sense. It doesn't mean you're going to get your way all the time. But I think it's critical for everybody's career, but especially for women's careers. So those would be mine. Seize the moment and the opportunities. Be willing to be an outlier and think differently and present new solutions. Be an innovator and learn to write and speak articulately and often. Joan, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. I think your most important lessons are ones that a lot of our listeners will resonate with. I know I personally, when I'm talking to college students about succeeding in engineering, have emphasized the importance of communicating and communicating their ideas. And I think seizing the moment and being an outlier are things that will stick with me from our conversation. So thank you so much. Well, for thank you, Rachel. And thank you for the amazing work that you do. I mean, you guys have been at this a very, very long time, Uh, you know, before it was cool to support women in STEM, before it was cool to support women at all, really professionally. And so I just want to really give a shout out to the organization for the work that you guys have been doing for so very long and for all the professional development opportunities you offer women and all the resources you offer women to, to do those three things, to seize the opportunity and to find ways to think differently and and articulate their message. So thank you for the opportunity. I look forward to having more conversations on my Electric Ladies podcast and folks can find me on our new website, electricladiespodcast.com or on Twitter at Joan Michelson or on LinkedIn. Use any of the, the platforms du jour. And I really look forward to hearing more of your podcast to learn more about the amazing women in Swiss. Thank you again, Joan. I'm Rachel Morford. For all of us at SWE, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Diverse. Remember to head to we21.swe.org to learn more about and register for this year's conference. 